Parshas Kiseitzei, discipline in service of love. Let me explain. We find ourselves as disciplinarians, whether as parents, as mechanchem, as educators, or as law enforcement officials. We need to keep in mind that discipline is not an end, but only a means. We are ultimately focused on love, on giving the other person, giving the dependent everything he or she needs. Discipline is a necessary prerequisite, so they have the structure they need, and they have the sense of responsibility and consequences of behavior they need to be a fully functioning Ayyved Hashem. Discipline is a necessary means, but only a means. Think back to your childhood of various firm disciplinarians, but firm disciplinarians that made it oh so clear in the way they comported themselves that they were fundamentally figures of love. The firm discipline was in service of the love. And then, of course, there are the negative models. There are those where the disciplinary character seemed to take on a life of its own. It's as though all they were concerned with was the discipline. It overshadowed the love. Discipline in service of love is affirmed powerfully in our parsha. When our parsha talks about Malchus, when Bezdin needs to give someone lashes, and it commands us, don't overdo it. Lo tosef, do not give him an extra lash. Vinikla If you give him an extra lash more than he needs, he is going to be disgraced. Vinikla your brother, your fellow Jew, will become disgraced. Rashi explains... Think about this individual who's high of Malchus, who deserves to be lashed up. He is a Russia. He is a sinner. And yet it says once you have given him the number of lashes he deserves, the 39 lashes, he's your brother. See him as your brother. Have a sense of humanity towards even the Russia. You give him what he needs. Allow him to, to feel the brunt of justice. But no more. Justice is ultimately in the service of love. In the end, he is a chicha, and we never demonize a yid. The firmness of justice never distorts the ultimate perspective of a chicha, and that is what the Torah is impressing upon us when it tells us, don't overdo it. Don't give him more lashes than he deserves. Don't allow a spirit of vindicative justice to take over, to just start lashing him because you see him as a sinner. No, you see him fundamentally as a chichi, your brother. He has a debt which needs to be paid, so to speak. He has a need which needs to be fulfilled. You give him what he needs, but then that's out of the way and we're back to love, we're back to a chicha. The Torah so harps on this theme of don't overdo it, don't overlash. Do not allow discipline to take on a life of its own and to become vindicative. When it continues, the Torah does not move on to the next parsha, the next narrative, following this one of don't overdo it in the Malchus. But the Torah continues. And 
articulates another message here. It says, Lo sachsum shar bedisho. Do not restrain the ox in his threshing. When you're using an ox in the field to plow on, on the threshing floor, the like, do not restrain him from eating. Now, what does this have to do with anything? What does this have to do with the don't overwhip the Jew? Suddenly it says, don't muzzle the ox on the threshing floor. The Torah not only links these two together, one following the other in juxtaposition, but the Torah includes them both in one parsha, in one narrative. You know, it's before there is a parsha psucha, parsha stuma, before there is an opening space in the text to mark a new narrative, the Torah includes this prohibition, lo sachsum sharbatiso, don't muzzle the ox, as part and parcel of the narrative of don't whip the Jew. Clearly, there is a connection between these two. And the connection is clearly one of Rahmanus, one of mercy. You have mercy towards a fellow Jew, even a sinner, who might be unworthy in your eyes. Don't overdo it. Well, you have mercy to an animal as well, to even an ox, that as much as you might want to demean him as a beast of burden, as one who performs a function, and you might want to look at him as a non-living being, this ox. Realize, he has feelings, he has a sensory reality, and it will hurt him if you muzzle him up while you are threshing and look at him as only a machine rather than a living creature. The Torah sees a connection between these two. The mercy on even the Jewish sinner not to overwhip him on one hand, and the mercy on the animal, as much as he serves a function and he's a beast of burden, do not allow that beast of burden perspective, that utilization of the animal as a tool to totally machinize the animal. The Torah sees a linkage in these attitudes. Don't castigate anybody, not a sinner and not even an animal. But it seems to me that there is more to it than that in the Torah linking the not muzzling the animal pasuk back to the don't become over vindicative towards the Jew. It is telling us, just as you understand with regard to the animal, that it's an innocent animal. The animal, the Rahmanus we feel towards the animal brings out something primal towards a living being, a figure who has no sense of moral responsibility. He's just a Balchai, he's just a living being, and there's Varachamov Akolmasov, there's a fundamental mercy we have towards a living being. Well, that primal sense of empathy to a living being by mere virtue of the fact that he's a living being, as evidenced by an animal one who we are not judging from a moral perspective, but simply feeling for him as a living being. Apply that same sense of Rahmanus to even the sinful Jew. The fact that we have become so judgmental of him and we've castigated him, we've marked him as high of Malchus, high of Lashes. Don't allow that to, to make a monster out of him. That you look at him as even sub-animal, sub-vermin, that you are treating him worse than an animal. There's a Rahmanus even towards an animal. A primal sense of Rahmanus. 
by mere virtue of our living being, hence Lo Safun Sharbatitu don't muzzle an animal. Well, by the same token, do not overwhip a Jew. Behavior aside, there's a primal sense of mercy by mere virtue of being a Balchai, true towards even an animal. This is certainly true towards a human being, towards a fellow Jew. The Torah is hence harping on this message of not demonizing. There are no demons. Animals are certainly not demons. They have no sense of moral responsibility. Well, humans who have a sense of responsibility as well. So hence, they might deserve the consequences of justice. Well, they are not demons either. They just require that disciplinary tactic of the Malchus, have that same sense of fundamental mercy to a Baha'i, which you would certainly have to an animal, because why demonize an animal? An animal is not evil. Well, a person is not fundamentally evil either. He did evil deeds. We are firm in consequences of justice, but we don't demonize him. That's what it seems is going on here in this narrative in the Pusik. So when you think about law enforcement and this balance of being firm and disciplined on the other hand, not to be a pacifist like in a post-1960s milieu, firmness of justice on one hand, but a sense of humanity. Torah humanism. He's your brother. On the other hand, comes to mind <coughs> a contrasting perspective I once heard from a court stenographer, he told me that he saw saw in court many law enforcement types, policemen and the like, who have a fundamentally aggressive nature. In fact, he told me that that, that when he studied the policemen on one side of the docket and the criminals on the other, he saw in certain cases, this is certainly not to say all, this is not to paint all law enforcement, many of them who are fine with one brush, but he said there's a certain element within law enforcement that what drives them to be disciplinarians and to walk around with nightsticks and breathe down on people. He saw there's a certain aggressive nature studying the criminals on one side of the dock at the law enforcement on the other. He saw a certain commonality in some of the personalities. That is what he told me. Well, that is not what we want a Torah law enforcement to become. Never lose your humanity. Because, you see, what are we really trying to promote with justice? With justice, with tzedek, we're trying to promote humanism, Torah humanism, godliness, being upright people. So in the name of tzedek, in the name of justice, in the name of reacting to evil, we commit evil. We demonize that is a self-undermining process. So the retribution, the punishment, cannot become aggression because to a large extent, the whole idea of tzedek, the whole idea why we're giving this consequence is to ensure that there's not aggression, to ensure it's a Hashem world, it's a merciful Dika world. So if we would allow the justice to segue from justice to aggression then ironically, we are undermining everything that Tzedek is supposed to be. We are becoming just as bad as the criminal to whom we are reacting. I would suggest that this perspective, this sense 
of injustice don't deteriorate to the other side. Don't deteriorate to the criminal to whom you're reacting, to the non-rebarnishal, like non-godly behavior, which is the impetus for justice. I would suggest that the Torah is alluding to this with yet one final nuance here, which the Torah Shabal Peh teases out in the parish. And that is, Torah Shabal Peh gives another explanation. Why here in the narrative about Malchus, about whipping and not over-whipping, it includes those Saxon Sarbadiso, it includes this prohibition of not muzzling an ox. It tells us what sort of Avera, what sort of sin is high of Malchus, comes with the consequence of lashes, Losase sins like Losaxum Sharbadiso, like muzzling an animal. You muzzle an animal, an animal, that would be the stereotypical case for where there would be Malchus. Any Avera, which is high of Malchus, is like this Avera, as opposed to a Lavhanitek Lasse, a Losase, which is linked to a positive commandment, as opposed to a Lavshain. But my son, an act, an, an, a passive violation. And hence various halachas emerge. Well, beyond simply a halachic minutia, there must be a conceptual perspective to the Torah envisioning any sin which the fellow would deserve Malchus for as represented by this sin of muzzling an animal. And I think the key is what we developed on a Peshat level from the Pesachim here. The sensitivity of Losaxum Sharbadisho, of not muzzling the animal, of mercy towards even an animal, is what the Torah saying the Dayan needs to, needs to keep in mind when he's whipping up the sinner to show him at least the level of mercy which is shown an animal. So it is saying, what type of sin did this guy do? Sins such as Lusachim Sharbadisho. Sins such as not showing mercy to a living being. Well, see your tzedek, see your retribution as affirming the value of justice, reacting to such affronts such as not showing mercy. See that as your whole call to action. Because if your whole call to action is reacting to such affronts, you are certainly, as the shot of the Pasuk says, not going to overreact and overwhip him. Because you realize, what are you reacting to? Your whole call to action here in this justice is to ensure there is humanity, to ensure there is mercy, so you are not going to lose that high moral ground, you are not going to deteriorate and become a cruel person and overwhip and demonize because the very sin for which you're reacting is losachsum sharbadisho, is showing a lack of mercy. The malchus, the lashing is itself to, is to affirm the value of mercy to react to this person who didn't show mercy to an animal. So certainly in so doing, in the way you give lashes, you are not going to lose your own value of mercy because that would be a self-undermining behavior. Whatever sin the fellow did, who is high of makos, who is high of lashing, it is some sort of Hashem divine value, something which is ultimately connected to love, 
to purpose, to meaning, everything which is Hashemdik. It is ultimately something which you can see representationally speaking as a losachshem sharbadisho, as affirming the value of mercy or love. And therefore, certainly when giving this fellow his punishment, you law enforcement official are not going to in turn lose your mercy and overwhip him. Discipline must always be in the service of love. We never lose our commitment to discipline and to consequences. We are not weak. We are firm as parents, educators, law enforcement, but firm with a vision of justice. We never allow it to morph into vindictive aggression.